You're listening to Both Sides of the Mask. Umpires getting together to talk what it's like on both sides of their mask. Creating a fun atmosphere for anyone who can relate to sports, life, and officiating. Both Sides of the Mask. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to have you with us again. We're trying to get ramped up and make some more recordings, more episodes. I don't know. (laughs) What do you call them? Let's call it recordings. Podcast recordings. I'm sure that's what it's called. (laughs) Well, we've had a busy week. We had uh, an interview with an umpire, PJ. Man, it was a great episode. His passion for the sport, it grew from being a coach, a state championship coach for the high school team and super regional umpire. We didn't talk about that at all three divisions. I think he called the super regional division three, division two, and, uh, he had one in Division One a couple years ago. So well-decorated, and we didn't even get into that part, so we'll have to have him on again. Been warm here. How's it been there? Um, it's actually, it, it just depends on the day. Like yesterday, it finally reached this peak of 90, which is fine, you know. When I'm out there working with some of those student-athletes, and it's 11 o'clock and I'm dripping sweat, that, that's how you can tell it's hot. But it's been kind of mild, which I, I don't mind. You know, it's been nice, you know, because by the time it hits about four or five o'clock in the afternoon, it's the weather's decent enough to where, you know, the girls, you know, can go out, you know, on a bike ride or we can go out and go enjoy the weather. Tony's no joke, you know, talking about it's, it's been a busy week. I know he's still trying to play catch up with work, you know, coming back from those golds and also us from covering all the softball events that have been going on and also reading all the wonderful articles that have been coming out lately. And we'll get into that in just a moment, but what are your big plans for this weekend, Tony? Anything good? Yeah, no, it's funny. We brought up the weather and it seems to be more predictable than the fall sports forecast or the forecast of any viruses that may be taking place. But for me, we have a rodeo coming up uh, this weekend. Isabella is going to be performing. So that's going to be fun. Uh, she's taken initiative of the next step of what she needs to be to move to the next team. And that's what she did yesterday at her lesson that she had, uh, putting in the work that she needs to put in, like holding a flag, carrying a flag around on the horse, which sounds dangerous, but they have a little boot that goes on their stirrup. And so the flag pole goes down in that. So it's not like it's really falling anywhere, I guess, unless the leather breaks and, and it falls on the ground. But that flag waving in the wind may be a little bit difficult for maybe a horse to pay attention to or that he's noticing. And so they work with that and practice with that and see how it works with them. But we're getting ramped up for school as well. Uh, all three of my girls going to be in school. Amanda has her school starting up. Isabella is going to be in seventh grade. And then Allison is going to be starting kindergarten. So iPad work for Allison on Thursday and Friday, Chromebook for Isabella Thursday and Friday. It's going to be crazy school year with how it's even working out. How are they starting their school year? Yeah, Thursday and Friday they go in. I think I said they were on the Chromebook or iPads, but they're actually going to go in on Thursday and Friday. Monday through Wednesday, they will be virtual learning. Our kids start on right after September 1st and everything will be remote so far. And uh, we're still trying to decide what's going to be best for Caitlin, um, just because of the struggle that she dealt with. Um, and when I say struggle, you know, just the the mental struggle with staying at home and having that remote access, even though they 
did some days uh, throughout the month where they had to do some um, their remote learning, you know, because they did uh, Google Classrooms, you know, and then they had to change their complete platform. So she went through a little bit of a spiral effect when it came to uh, dealing with these adversities. And so long story short, you know, we're just trying to decide if a STEM school is right for her or if we need to uh, re-enroll her back into the uh, public school that's here in our district. You know, with Natalie, you know, Natalie uh, is, isn't a big fan of how the STEM school operates, but she can handle it because of the way that the group projects are and also how, you know, it's more independent work uh, when you are on your own. But I, a lot of the things that they do work on are things advertised for everyday life. You know, Tony, I know when you're at work, I know you're not just working by yourself. When I used to be the freight manager uh, for Under Armour, you know, I wasn't the only one that was working on the project. So, you know, I thought it was a great tool uh, driven things that they, they were able to accomplish because they counted on just not just on themselves, but also one another to get projects done. And, uh, and you'll probably see that with your kids, you know, how their learning uh, abilities are like, you know, some of them might be, you know, more of an introvert versus, you know, they, they, they like those, those uh, collaborations. That, that was a struggle. So we'll see how it goes for this season. It's, it's not, um, it's not something we're looking forward to, you know, it's not something that we were actually anticipating for Caitlin to, uh, to go through this summer. And she went through, she's going through some counseling, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to like share all the, you know, the, the beef about, you know, our family, but when you notice that there's something going on and this can carry over with our umpire friends or officiating friends or athletes that are dealing with these shutdowns is that we have to make sure that we are helping them with their mental state, making sure that they are okay and that they are speaking out. And that's, you know, something that's very important, you know, in talking with some of my kids, uh, teammates, coaches, and some of the kids I come into, uh, come in contact with, with catching sessions is that that whole thing was and still is affecting them. You know, they don't want to be at home. They want to be with their friends. They want to be, you know, in the atmosphere with their teachers and they want to be in the school buildings. They want to participate in sports. And it ties along with what, you know, what we're going to be talking about today. Oh, yeah. You know, the mental aspect of the game or just mental aspect of life in general is something that I think we're finding a bigger part of everything that is going on. There was a report that came out about high school students and how it was affecting them not even to be able to play the sports that they have been playing. So that was kind of interesting to look at. I wonder how it's going to keep kind of affecting everybody. And, and the biggest part is being aware of it and seeing that it's even out there. Depression and stuff like that. Some people don't understand it because they don't deal with it. They don't understand how to help somebody deal with it or be what they need to be for it. And and that's hard for me sometimes with Amanda and understanding it and and how to to help. Big part of life in general. I was just reading something that the NCAA announced last week that fall sports for uh, each of those sports is going to be canceled for the championship. So no, 50% of them playoff eligible teams in each sport in their season. Crazy. The Southland are joining the Southern, the Ivy, the MEAC, the Patriot, the CAA, the NEC, the Pioneer Football League, Big Sky, Big South, SWAC, Missouri Valley. Uh, then we added what? The Big Ten and the Pac-12 that have pushed theirs back. Mm-hmm. I think they said they canceled in the fall. So we'll see if they bring it up in the spring. Not only, you know, the, the big college conferences, you know, that you just spoke about, you know, our buddy Tom Davis, that was on one of our episodes previous, 
who is a uh, college recruiter, he posted that the whole state of Maryland's fall and, and winter high school sports are completely canceled for 2020, 2021. And there are a lot of schools within the West Virginia and Pennsylvania areas that have completely canceled their fall sports. From us being in the state of Ohio, that's right next door to those two states. I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen. But also, you know, some of these schools uh, have already started their sports, like cross country and golf have already started in the state of Ohio. So are they trying to push it, you know, push that envelope as far as they can until, you know, the states come in and say that, you know, no more, you know, what's going to happen. But you're hundred percent right with the mental part of it, Tony, is that, you know, if it wasn't for sports, I think my kids would go absolutely nuts. You know, it's, it's something that they can do. And a lot of people are like, you know, sports is not everything. It's like, you know, if you have a passion and it doesn't have to be just for sports, but if you have a passion for sports, if you have passions for Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, trade work, anything that you're very good at, and if it, it's taken away from you, let me know how you would react to it. Because I know I would go absolutely crazy. If someone told me I wasn't allowed to go to the gym, wasn't allowed to go on my bike, wasn't allowed to coach anymore, I, I'm not even sure where my mental state would be. I think uh, it takes a whole, huge toll on us. And I want to know how many officials it affected when we got shut down back in March. Because I know I went through a small depression. I'm not afraid to talk about it because I think that's something that even in our profession, we still hold back on what we think, what we are going through mentally, because we have so many things that go through us with family, spouses, kids, work. So that's something, it's like a gray area where we're not a lot of, to speak about. But Tony, you've known me for a long time. I pretty much speak my mind. I want you guys to know where I'm at because if I blow a call or if I'm out there and I look a little lost, you know, you need to know like what's going on with me. And I think that's where we need to be as a society with our sports is that we cannot be afraid to speak our minds and let people know, Hey, I'm not, I'm not good. I need to talk to somebody. Well, you just think about it. So people have their stuff canceled. I know people that were upset because they couldn't even go out to eat anymore. Now you take something that you love doing that you love going out and doing and and that you put a lot of time and effort into, and now you can't do it anymore. Somebody breaks Mm -hmm. their foot. How do those people, you know, we deal with them. And we're like, hey, they're going to have some emotional swings through here because they're not able to to do anything. They can't even walk. You take a whole profession away from somebody and now they can't do it. And, you know, college football, I think you can say we're on the route of getting it into a profession. I think that's the route that some people want to see it go. And football is a huge moneymaker. You want to see why I can say that confidently? NCAA president says no fall champion sports this year, except FBS football for now. Do you cancel everything else except for FBS football? What makes you money? We talked about that a little bit on another podcast about things being driven by money. We're not silly enough to not see, not understand that if football doesn't have a season, What's it do to all the other secondary sports? Softball, baseball. We lost three or four baseball programs that I can remember in the NCAA and a softball program just in the spring canceling. And that list is probably not done either, to be honest with you. With Now that some of these conferences are completely canceled for fall, that income that helps support the other sports and helps support the whole university as a whole, there's going to be so many budget cuts and, you know, and I'm going to go a little off topic, Tony. I have a, a colleague that uh, lives down the street. I'll call her a friend. Her daughter 
plays softball with Caitlin. They've been playing on the same travel team for the last three years. And her husband works for the Kent State University and he's finishing his doctorate degree. Uh, works in the dean. Uh, I think he's the assistant to the dean. I forget which department, but he's uh, actually looking to eventually be the vice president of the United, uh, of the, uh, United States. Wow, cut that out. Vice president of the... Uh, <laughs> I think we can leave it in there. He, if it, it fits with the times. Yeah, right. I mean, he'd probably be more qualified to be honest hey. with you if he ever listens. <laughs> so you know, I'm going to paint you a little picture here. So you're working on your doctorate. You're six months away from finishing this prestigious accomplishment. Your goal is to be eventually, you know, be a top tier into the university. Your campus gets canceled. You just got a 5% raise. And then all of a sudden, every employee has to give back 4% of their income to the university because of budget cuts. So that's like saying, hey, Tony, here's your promotion, 5% raise. Oh, we had to take 4% of that back. Sorry. Talk about a blow. And I don't even know. I, I've, I've never talked to Todd about it. Like, you know, how he went through it mentally. Like how, I mean, I know they, they struggle just going through that, but I, I couldn't even imagine how that felt. Like, oh my gosh, we got a little wiggle room. That's great. You know, I can't wait until I'm done. The whole dominoes just fall right in front of you. Budget cuts, all sorts of things that are happening. And you're looking at it, the tuition that's going to happen. You know, people talk about the tuition already being too high in universities and colleges. And, and just think about now, now students aren't even able to go in. That is a tuition going to drop because they're not even there on campus. They're not taking advantage of the workout facilities that they have, the other student activity stuff that they have. Now they're paying for it. Are they reducing the cost of it or what's going to happen with all of that? I, I don't know. I'm not in that role. You know, I guess, uh, but they're going to be felt definitely from small and large schools. We've seen it already that things are happening with the small schools and the large schools. There's the football money, the students' money. Maybe people aren't even going back. They found a way to get into the job field now that stuff has opened up and they were studying in a realm and the job's like, okay, we'll finish your training. We see that you are dedicated to learning more about it. Thanks for joining us. Now we're going to teach you how we want you to be doing this job anyway, even if you got done with college and you got all your degree, right. you're still going to come here and learn. So let's start teaching it now. Are students even going to go back? Are we going to put so much emphasis on that college degree still? I, I don't know. Crazy things to think about. But something else that we kind of mentioned though, Liz, was um, the 2020 summit that NASA was doing. Some cool things going on with that. So there's going to be doing some different things that are coming out, social justice and officiating, why officiating even matters more. Now, the scrutiny, proper authoritative behavior, staying focused, staying fresh, things that are going on in high school, 70 plus sessions. It's going to be recorded type of uh, videos, and then we're going to start releasing them on the 24th of August. Yeah, I'm a little excited. I signed up for it. And if anyone's interested, this, this is huge. It's, there's no cost. You just, you sign up, there's a link. Because before 20, and quote me if I'm wrong, this is something that you had to attend. Like you had to actually invest in either fly or drive or wherever the summit was. And there was a cost to it. You're going to have Brad on from Referee Magazine and have him go into the details and how they got to the virtual and what it looked like before. And if this is successful how this is going to look in the future. 
but some pretty cool names that are even on there. We had Marty on the show, uh, Marty Abazician. He's going to be doing a video, but there's NCAA basketball, football, softball, baseball, NFL, football coordinators, volleyball, all sorts of things on there. Christina Cornwell, uh, Joe Crawford. Do you remember who he might be? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some high powerful people that have been officiating in all these sports that are going to be attending. Um, and a lot of these are uh, motivational speakers now, or you know, you'll see their faces. Some of them have been NBA officials. Some of them are longtime basketball women's officials, volleyball officials. It's it's just the eclectic headcount that are going to be there is is just amazing, and I think it's going to be well worth your time to spend and listen and how we can just gravitate from each sport and each experience that they offer. <clears throat> I'm not sure, you know, how each person does take from other sports. You know, I, I know Tony, like I watch when I watch baseball officials, when I watch basketball officials, football officials, I'm always taking something from them. Mm-hmm. You know, even when they um, have like, you know, like a small, like, you know, gathering or like a community that will talk about like sports officiating I love listening to like the different uh, perspectives. One of uh, Nick's old uh, employees that he used to work with uh, at the old bank that he worked at um, is a Big Ten football official. And that would actually be a great guy to get on. I would love to get Mike on there. Um, Just listening to him and him and I have conversed back and forth about the differences, how to prepare, like what, what to expect what the difference is, what they have to do when, you know, the day before they get there, you know, the the day preparation, even, not only that, but how they prep in the summer, in the spring is just is amazing. And they're very well ahead of the game compared to what, how we train. And I would love for our sport to continue to grow when it comes to the training aspect of it, because there's a lot of group activities that they get involved with, not only just with other officials, but also they have conversations and meetings with the coaches in the conference too. So to me, that's just impressive. I don't know how anyone else would feel about having a Monday morning conversation with the coaches in the conference after the, of a weekend that you were just on the field with. To me, that is just respect. That is, is so, so impressive, to be honest with you. I, I can't even think of any other words I can describe that with. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bob Delaney. Yes. I know you've heard him speak. I've seen him live twice. Yeah, he's going to be he's going to be on there. Tom Meyer. NASA founder, Craig Hyde, all sorts of names that are on there. Mm-hmm. Going to be good stuff. Yeah. If you click on that link and we have it on our, our Facebook page, but even if you go to the sports officiating summit and you go to their main page, you'll see all the guest speakers. You'll see who all, you know, what's all going to be involved. It's an oppressive lineup that I, I, you just can't miss. You know, I'm going to be setting some time for it. Tony, did you sign up for it at all? Yeah, I did. I got my uh, email put in there and signed up. So the good thing about it is going to be recorded videos. Uh, hopefully they'll stay on there longer than the 27th. Mm-hmm. I imagine they will. That'd be one of the questions we can ask Brad, but being able to go back and watch it. So you're not having to watch them all live because they're actually recorded videos and then they put them together and made them watchable. Absolutely. Man, it's, it's going to be awesome. I mean, listen to their stories, listen to their background of everything that they've experienced because they all, we all have a story to tell and the ones that have had, you know, those, those accolades build up, those are the ones that we really want to learn from, you know, whether it's, you know, the good, you know, their, their mishaps, you know, and things that they're, they're planning on bringing for the future that it's impressive. You know, there's going to be stories that pop up with it, just like the interviews that we have. There's always stories that come up and that you talk about, and that's the fun stuff. 
to talk about those stories and hear about what somebody has going on and what they've done, how it relates to what you've done on the field. And maybe it's something that you can put into your game and change it, put into your life and make a change. I know there's a lot of stuff that I take from just preparing for the show or thinking about what we're going to be doing Mm -hmm. that I want to add into my life and try to be better at, try to be a better dad, try to be a better husband. You know, there's always areas that we can prove on our life, not just on the field, but the other part of it. You know, we both have two daughters. How do we get better at being a parent? You go out there and you do something with it. We're going to make mistakes just like we do on the field. We're going to make mistakes as a parent, as a spouse. Uh, it's not easy. No, and you're, you're right. You know, having you know kids involved while we do this is not easy. You know, we've talked about this in a previous episode about how we we can handle the clutter and um, some of the, you know this has been a very great opportunity. You know, not you know not uh, officiating in the last uh, several months. You know, because I've been able to pay attention to the kids. You know, because like you know some of the things that that they were going through, but. We, uh, we created a, a little gym area downstairs for them. And, you know, it's actually nice that I don't have to argue with either one of them to go down there and they're doing something down there, you know, and that might, might be something that I particularly do, but I don't have to argue with them going down there. So it actually helps with their mental health with that. They'll go down there and they'll swing some, swing some, uh, towards the net. Um, Natalie has learned how to read the charts that I have on the, on the wall. So she knows exactly what to work out. You know, Caitlin's in soccer, so, you know, she knows that she's got to be on the treadmill at least, you know, you know, a mile a day, two miles a day. So she's trying to plan that out. And it's just, you know, we have to listen to them. You know, there's days where, you know, they don't feel like doing it. And, you know, like umpiring, there's days that we don't want to, you know, do things, you know, we don't want to leave home. We just had a bad game and we don't want to go back out there next day, but we have to learn to fight through that, that adversity that our brain is trying to tell us, no, we don't, we don't, we want to make it easy. We want to be comfortable. How do we get past that? So we've been interviewing other people and I feel like we've been getting better at it. Mm -hmm. So how about, uh, I fire some questions at you. Fire away. (laughs) (laughs) So the first question I have for you, one of the biggest learning experiences that you've had on a softball field, whether it's a coach, a parent, an umpire, what was it? Probably the one that comes to mind. And a lot of people don't know about this. It was my first year working in the Big Ten. Uh, this was back in 2014. My schedule was starting to fill up and it was one of those situations I couldn't believe like where I was going, but I was doing a three-game series at Illinois. I'm sorry, at Purdue. They were hosting Illinois. There was a big-time play that was coming up, and I remember that the score was tied. I can't remember if it was 0-0, 1-1, or maybe it was a 1-0 game. I don't remember. And there was a play that was coming on that pitcher bobbled the ball, and she made a fantastic, like almost like tripping, diving throw back to the pitcher, to the first baseman. And everything looked so good because the first baseman scooped it up, and I got so excited, and I punched her out. I was dead wrong, but I look good doing it. And I just remember the old Illinois coach coming out and she's like, we're on TV. How can you do that? How can you do that? And I'm like, I go, coach, I, I, I go, I, I have an out. And she's like, you gotta be better than that. That's on TV. I'm like, I understand we're on TV. And she's like, the play looked awesome. You, you know, and she did a great job scooping that ball up and everything. She's like, but she was safe. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> but what that taught me. And I got a couple of things that go along with this is that what taught me is that 
I got wrapped up in the play and, you know, everyone can say like, you know, yeah, you know, uh, I blew that call. I blew that call and it was on the big 10. You don't know how many people were really watching it at the time, but I blew that call. And what I learned from it is that, you know, my two partners I had after, after the game and they talked me through it. They're like, listen, we've all been there. We've all had that, you know, excitement, you know, the, it, the crowd got, in, it got into it. It was enticing. The players got into it because the pitcher did some fun, funny thing. And the, and the first baseman did this, this fantastic catch. And, you know, you just got wrapped into the play. And what you need to do the next day is to step up your game. Because tomorrow you got the plate game. And I'll never forget that because I rewatched that video. My sister was watching that video from Chicago. And she was watching the live game. And I just remember talking to her. She goes, you were wrong. She's like, but I like how you were talking to that, that coach. She's like, you stood your ground. You were poised. You were dead wrong. <laughs> but what I learned is that you have to be patient. And I never forgot that. I think from that day forward, I made sure that I watched every little bit of that runner, every little bit of that feeler, every little bit of that ball being scooped up from there on. And I kept telling myself, don't you dare make a call. Don't you dare make a call until the play is completely, yeah, completely done. Yeah. And I think we've talked about it a little bit before mm-hmm. on the show about it, mm-hmm. about what I do and breathing mm-hmm. and not letting those emotions come into what's it going to be. And one of the hardest plays to slow yourself down in is those big plays. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but that double play, you're the first base umpire, you're in a rotated position, so you only have responsibility at first base to make that out safe call there. Mm-hmm. And the crowd is getting up. They they know that it's a big play that's going to happen. They're going to get out of this inning and they're up by one and they're afraid. You know, there's one out with a runner at first base and now they're excited about it. And you let that all that energy build up inside you. And now you go out and you make a quick call to get them their excitement and you missed it. Absolutely. Well, here, here I'm going to go a little, I'm going to trail a little bit off this topic here. When we make mistakes on the field like that, like that was, that was a big pressure situation. And I'll never forget because I talked to Sally Walker after that. And she said that the coach was just very admiral about, about, you know, how I handled it. You know, even though I was dead wrong, you know, watching that video dead wrong. But let me tell you, like when, when we make our mistakes on the field, it has actually helped me with my personal life, with dealing with athletes when I'm coaching, when I'm working with catchers, even uh, I've gotten better with, you know, dealing with my own kids is listening, absorbing, and then reacting. May not be in that particular order, may not be like that psychological right. order that, you know, you, you learn from in psychology class. But for me is I, I don't react to anything. And I've seen and I've dealt with uh, even this past year with uh, Caitlin's softball squad, one coach particular that was just reactionary. Everything was reactionary. And I had to set a, an example and help that particular coach. You can't just react just because they make a mistake. You have to be, you have to read their body language and talk them through it. Make that small correction. Don't attack, but make that small correction. Be like, hey, next time, think about this. And then you move on to the next play. Be like, okay, now that you got a runner on third, you get a hard shot, tag the runner and see if she's coming home or if it's a, you know, if it's a slow roller, just get the out at first. We need outs, you know? So those are things you mm-hmm. have to talk yourself through it when you're umpiring too, or officiating. Damn, you know, that, that call was so close. I think she was safe. Okay, I can't do that again. I got to focus. I got to re-coordinate myself 
and make sure I don't do that same thing because you know what? Those players are, are given a hundred percent. Those coaches are given a hundred percent. They expect the same out of us. Oh, most definitely. They expect that out of us and they understand that we don't want to mess up. Most of the time they understand that other times you get a coach, uh, it happens in the summertime. They don't think that we're just out there to do a good job. Maybe we're just out there to collect a paycheck, but I can guarantee you 95% of those umpires that are on that summer field as well, they want to do a good job. We don't want to miss a call. We take pride in it. That's not something that we want to do. And the other part of it, most of the time, we know when we miss a call. How did you feel? Did you think that you got it right on the field or did you think that you missed it on that play? At first, I, I thought I definitely nailed it. And then after I kept replaying it back in my brain one more inning because the game ended up, I think, I, honestly, now that my brain has triggered, my memory is uh, it's it was a one nothing game. And um, I remember self-doubt just started sinking in, sinking in, sinking in. And then when I finally got back to the hotel and watched it, I was like, God bless America. <laughs> well, and at that time, it was one of those situations where between innings, we were closer to the line. We were more of like what USA does and you're 15 foot off the line. So you're not up the middle and can look over to your partner and say, hey, what did you have on that? Mm -hmm. And they can just give it to you right away and they can help build your self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another reason why both of us have gotten better with self-talk, self-encouragement, because we need it. 100%. No, I mean, and to add to that, like, yeah, I mean, self-talk is so important, but also... If you're on the other side and you're watching that develop and you see your partner make a call that was egregious and you know that it was wrong, but they're trying to trying to talk themselves through it, talk to them maybe, you know, an inning later or talk to them, you know, afterwards, uh, talk to them after in the locker room and be like, hey, we, you know, we got you. We got you. We, we saw that you missed that play, you know, and here's the thing. We have to be honest with one another. If we missed a play, we missed a play. You got to be honest with yourself. Absolutely. You know, it, it, Tony, we've done this, you know, when we work together and we've had the respect of one another of saying, you know, you know, maybe we, you need to angle yourself a little differently. Maybe you need to think of it this way. You know, we've done that together. You know, we've also mm -hmm. had the opposite effect where we've had a, a partners that didn't like being put in the corner. They get very uh, defensive. They, they don't like it that, you know, we're calling them out on, on that call. To be honest with you, I'd rather have someone tell me and call my bullshit out than someone saying, well, you know, it was close. No, don't, don't tell, don't, don't appease the situation. Let's get this together so we can work together later on because all we're doing is just hurting one another. You know, you brought up a time that somebody missed a call, but if you turn it around and, and somebody has just a whacker at first base and it's close or, or anywhere on the, on the field and they get it right, you know that they got it right and you feel they got it right. Pump those fists together and, hey, great job. Great job. Let them know that because we will make eye contact with each other when we have a play like that. Hey, did you see that as well? Did you got what I got? Great call. And, okay, I'm ready to make that next one. And, you know, just me thinking about it, of somebody bumping their fists together at me, it gives me chills right now just thinking about, hey, somebody's on my team and they're with me, giving me that encouragement. I don't know how you feel about it, but that's where I'm at with it of, I just feel encouraged by it and it just brings a feeling over you just going, yes, yes. I got to tell you the story because this cracks me up and I'm hoping he'll get on our podcast one of these days. So I'm in Palm Springs. This is, I think it was like my 
second year out there and I was on the field. Chad Steers was behind the plate. I was at third and Scotty Mayer was at first base. We were having just a, a fantastic game. Like we were just working well together, like our rotations, you know, everything was just flawless. And so I think it was like maybe the middle of the fourth inning, Chad goes, come here, come here, come here, come here. So we were all lined up at third baseline and Chad goes, I just want to let you know, you guys look awesome out there. Good job. And just goes right back to the plate. <laughs> Scotty and I just looked at each other. We're like, are, just are you serious? <laughs> and he still does. I've been on the field when he does it. That's awesome. It's just, it's, it's funny, you know, and, and those are things that, you know, it just took a, a quick, maybe what, three seconds. I said that, you know, his little verse and that's it. It's just, we just need that small encouragement. You know, it doesn't matter who you're working with. I tell you what, he brought us together. He leans in with his mask and it's like, he's going to say something important. He goes, Hey, you guys look awesome out here. And he just turned and walked off. He didn't wait for no response. He just turned and walked off and you just go, you look at, like you said, you look at your other partner and you go, Okay. <laughs> First time working with Mike Burwell, we were at Memphis together and he's on the plate. I'm third base and I get a chance to go sweep off the rubber. And it's one of the things I do. I like to make people smile on the field and laugh because it just takes away that anxiety that they have. So I go up and I sweep the pitching plate off and then I stand and I just stare at him and I give him kind of a sideways look and I'm just looking at him. He's like, he doesn't know me really yet. This is the first time that we've met this weekend. Looks at me sideways. I just raise my hand up and I smile real big and I wave to him and then I run off to my in-between inning positions. Nobody else saw it. Nobody, my other partner didn't even see it. And he just laughed when we get done. He goes, that was pretty, that was pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but just things like that, that have fun in the game and laugh and do silly stuff. There's times to do it. There's times not to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, coaches will see it. Players will see it and go, what are you, what are you doing? I was like, uh, you know, I was just making him laugh over there. He did something silly that nobody else knows what's going on. And we're just laughing together. And man, we just enjoy being out here with you guys. Absolutely. And they appreciate that as well. You know, to what you just said about coaches. I remember I was on the field. I can't remember who they were playing, but I was on the field with uh, DePaul. And uh, it, it might have been, um, it was at one of the tournaments I was doing. DePaul coach comes right behind me and he sees I'm, I'm, I'm tapping my, my leg, you know, because I think it was Metallica was playing. It was very, very first inning before, you know, first batter comes up. He's like, you're enjoying this music, aren't you? I'm like, I always got to get, get myself, you know, pumped up. And he goes, he's like, I see you over there tapping your, your, your foot and tapping your hand. I'm like, <laughs> I appreciate you noticing coach. And he's like, all right. He's like, have fun. If anyone knows the DePaul coach, you know, he can, you know, he used to be a little animated, um, you know, and yeah. I can't remember if he's still there or not, but just right there meant so much that coaches do notice your body language. Coaches know if you're having fun out there. They notice how you're communicating visually and, uh, you know, how you're communicating with your with your partners. Yeah, when I was with Gary Mitchell for the first time and, and stole the Be Excellent from him, it was around the time that uh, Flow Rider, the, or Flow Rida, I don't know how to say it correctly, but it was, this is my house. And he's like, oh, that's my song. And they played it and he's on the plate and uh, he tucks his mask underneath his arms. And he, when they get to the part where this is my house, he points to himself. He's like, this is my house and points to the ground. And, and we just started <laughs> laughing and it, it was just those little times. And uh, I think a coach saw it. And like you said, they just laugh and they look back at me and I'm laughing and they kind of nod their head and just kind of go, all right, they're human. And I think that's what it is for what our podcast is kind of becoming and what we've always wanted to be is humanizing what this is and why we get out there and do it. 
we have a fun time doing it. Show it. Right. It's a game. We have to enjoy ourselves while we're out there. Just like, you know, when you're enjoying yourselves, you know what, you know, having a, having a beer with your buddy, you know, having a great time with your friends gathering, you know, or just sitting there watching our daughters, you know, either, you know, she's in competition, you know, with her rodeo or competition of pitcher on the base on the softball field. I said baseball. That's like the forbidden word in softball world. Um, <laughs> that's okay. We're not, we're not singleizing one sport here. Exactly. They could have been on the football field. She could be on the football field. Now we're just assuming the gender. Mark that. <laughs> you did say she though. So I did, I'm not did. assuming anything. I did. <laughs> we have to be so encouraging. I, I think it, it's just, it's, it's a trend that continues to, to build up. You know, it's, it's, it's contagious. I, I used to tell that to Caitlin's team this past season, you know, encouragement is contagious. Continue to build up. You know, if you're continuing to build up your pitcher when she's struggling it's contagious. So that way everyone is still in the game. If you are just standing there and not saying anything, we're in dead silence. That just lets your coaches and your pitcher know that you're not in the game. You're not motivated. You're not dedicated. Just important values that, you know, we, we need to take in our everyday lives, you know, just because we're getting shut down, just because the, the conferences are deciding to cut things uh, short for right now, doesn't mean that we're not still motivated and dedicated to our our craft. We still have to continue to, to train. Tony, you know, I'm every day I'm still training. I'm doing something. Um, we're still hitting the books. We're still reading, you know, you and I are still going over plays, you know, even when we're talking to some of our colleagues out there, we're still talking over like rules and plays and some of them that, you know, I've stumped on maybe some of them, you know, some stories that we've had in the past of successful stories. You know, we have to continue to educate ourselves because if not, we're all going to be walking around like a bunch of zombies. We're not going to realize what's even happening out there. What is that yellow thing that they're throwing around? It's yellow. <laughs> I had a coach say, I had a, I had a coach this summer saying, it's the green thing that you're throwing. I'm like, it's optic yellow. Okay. <laughs> green. I'm like, what? he must be colorblind. It can also be white. Oh my gosh. Uh, you guys have no idea. Like when we had that two, two week break where we weren't really uh, recording anything, it was kind of nice to have like a small break, but it's been, it's so awesome to be back and, and, and talking with you and talking about some of the stuff that's going on. I know uh, there's been some, some big announcements besides the, the summit that's coming out. Tony, did you see the uh, latest news from UCSA that Victor just uh, signed? I saw some news that Victor had going on and then some other news uh, about it as well. So there was some new UTRIP state umpire in chiefs. Uh, Chad Steers, you just mentioned, he's the Arkansas one. And I know they're looking for one in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So what's your news with Victor and what he has at the national part of it? Well, this was just released today on Friday the 14th, one hour ago. Breaking news. Breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) So the big announcement is, is that Christy Cornwell is bringing the Diamond Umpire Academy to Space Coast in November. So... Christy is the coordinator for the SEC Sun Belt and the Atlantic Sun Conference in um, the Old Dominion, which is a Division Three conference. Um, and so she will be uh, working with the affiliation with USSA and Victor Canales down there in Florida. That is huge awesome. because that is a pretty big state with uh, USA softball as well. But uh, Space Coast is notorious for the USSA for baseball and for softball. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, but if you are 
ever on Facebook and you're following someone like this, some of this like softball connection pages or fast pitch uh, zone pages, mm-hmm. they're always showing you triple SA softball, baseball and slow pitch and men's fast pitch games that are advertised. And a lot of them are live streaming or, or they have been live streaming. They're still recording it. And I was watching a lot of the like little eight U boys playing down there in space coast stadium. It was pretty cool. Yeah. U triple SA has become quite a big deal. And it's awesome to see that they're taking the initiative with their umpires to get them yep. proper training and USA softball. I know they are making a big push to do some new training things for their umpires. So they have their advanced camps and stuff like that. But I can tell you that I know in Oklahoma city that they have a flight scope there. They had first got it for training pitchers and looking how uh, the pitchers are going to be, but then they decided that they were going to use that as well to train umpires. So we were at the 18 gold. I was talking to Kevin Ryan. He, he was saying something and uh, Susan Eads was there and I was like, Hey, we need to have her on the podcast so that she can talk about her flight scope stuff. And he says, wait a second. Did you just say flight scope? I was like, as a matter of fact, I did say flight scope. He says, Susan, you work for flight scope. He's like, well, not really, but we've developed software for flight scope for umpires. He goes, wait a second. Our flight scope doesn't do umpire stuff. And she goes, yeah, it does. It's all the same machine. It's just whether or not you have the software. Would you like me to help you set it up for softball? He just stops. He's like, hang on. I need to make a call. He calls and he's like, hey, we need to start getting this flight scope set up. I have somebody here that's going to help us get it put together. Can we get it going? He's like, didn't get a hold of him. I've got your number, Susan. If I call you, will you come down to Oklahoma City and help us get it set up? And she's like, without a doubt. And some of the data and things that she has on there is incredible. And the different views of looking at this, the ball up, the ball down, the ball in, the ball out, how many times it's rotating, the path that it takes through from the pitcher's hand to the glove, all that kind of things. And then they break it down as well. Susan and her husband, Ben, take a look at it and they take the data and they pull what your tendencies are. I think it's Fantastic. I know a lot of umpires were talking about this for the last uh, calendar year. A lot of them were, were trying to find where she was at, like if they were at a camp or if they're at a clinic or wherever they were at, uh, just so that way they can get their plate game recorded so they could see like how accurate they were or like what they were missing. What she's doing is is just so impressive. It's, it's been helping out. I know she's been working with Christy with her camps. Um, I know she's brought it up to some of the camps that has been advertised by the NC, I'm sorry, for the, for the, uh, staff for, uh, for future NCAA officials. And so it's definitely taken a step up and I promise you, that's probably going to be something we're going to start seeing more often here in the next several years with training. Oh, well, not even training. The schools have it. Florida has it. Arkansas has it. Oklahoma has one. Most of the places that you're going, Mizzou, they have them now. They're, they're collecting the data. They're mm-hmm. getting it on you. Not only do you have a folder with written down stuff, now you're going to have a computerized file of what does Tony call? What does Liz call? What are their tendencies? Mm-hmm. So Know Your Zone is the business name of Susan's. Yeah, they've got a Facebook page, I believe, as well as a website and stuff on there. And you can go and check her out. You get her on. Know Your Zone. Awesome stuff that they are putting together. And they're working with the people that develop FlightScope to make the software better for umpiring big investment big investment i think it's like thirty thousand dollars or something like that investment i remember when she was first talking to you about it and i was like whoa that's that's a lot of dough to invest in but you know what it's been well worth it because look uh 
the turnaround that she's been getting for it. It's definitely uh, earning its revenue. Tell you what, she lives in Missouri as well. And so I'm lucky enough to get to work with her quite a bit. And she brings it to them and she'll ask the team, hey, do you mind if I set it up? And they're like, yeah, we don't have one. We'd love to see it. And so we get to track our games as well. Yeah, it's just cool to see. I can say that I've been tracked a, a number of times and the information that you get from it is just, it's awesome to see. And you try to work harder on that, not trying to focus on it, but knowing your tendency of, hey, I'm stingy on an outside corner to a left-handed batter. Mm-hmm. Am I doing something with my stance? I think it'd be great. I mean, and also like, I would love to know like how my game went, especially, you know, we talked about earlier in this episode about mental, uh, the mental aspect of everything, how accurate or how was my strike zone when I was going through some, some trouble, like early on the day, like, you know, if maybe I I got a a disturbing phone call right before I got into the locker room, or maybe, you know, I was dealing with some anxiety or stress. I would love for umpires to know like how they are doing after their game and get the analytics of it and see if that affects them versus a game that where they feel like a hundred percent comfortable. Does that make sense? I think it's a good number to see. And maybe it's the, uh, something that you take what they did before it. And then you go, Hey, what happened before the game? What did you do? Did you do any meditation before? Did you do any deep breathing before you went out there? Your game was spot on or, you know, you're missing quite a few more pitches than you missed the last time. What happened before you got out here on the field? And it all takes into account We carry a lot of stuff with us around. We try to shut it off. Some people are better at shutting it off than others. And what you're shutting off and what is going on and what's going on at home and your kids and your wife and your husband, whoever it may be, what are you carrying to the field and how do we let go of it? Mm -hmm. Crazy to think that we got one question into the interview of you, Liz, and then I think we're, what, 30 minutes later and I haven't even got to question two. Which is fine because I don't have a question to. Were you saving it for the next episode? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe something like that. But no, I, I think it's it's good that we're we're doing this, you know, to kind of interview ourselves because, uh, yeah, I think it, the audience needs to hear a little bit more about our background too. Yeah, or hear about our trials and tribulations, <laughs> our mistakes. Yeah, we have <laughs> we have been through quite a bit. Um, we've experienced quite a bit, not just ourselves, you know. But how do we handle it? Um, when we're not the one that's making the mistake, how are we handling the outside noise? You know, when I say by that, the coaches, how are we handling that? How are we handling the the outbursts from the players? Because I'm sure we've had experiences where players have have said some things towards us or maybe had a reaction towards us. You know, we, we have to be aware of all those surroundings. Yeah, stuff gets said kind of all the time on the field. Usually it's quieter. But what do we do with it and how do you approach it? Right. Lots of other things that we can continue on and talk about for sure. Sounds like we're coming to the close. Is that right? Yeah. Reading you correctly? Yep. All right. Time to get to it. I've got some website issues that I need to take care of. All right. So I'll, I'll try to make this really quick. But just to uh, kind of close our episode today, um, don't forget about our uh, sponsor move period by Destiny Robinson and her crew down in Pensacola, Florida. She still has uh, many YouTube videos that you guys can go on there if you need some guidance, if you need something to kind of clear your mind and get some physical activity. Um, and and you can also contact them because they can actually create workout routines for you, whether it's for yourself, whether it's for your family, whether it's for your student athlete that lives in the house, you know, something just to keep you moving. I know some states are still restricted. So if you're looking for something to keep you active without weights, with weights, with bands, whatever you have, it's in their, in their name, move, period. 
So we want to thank them for being our sponsor on our show. Also, uh, Definitely check our Facebook pages because Tony and I are constantly posting things that are related to officiating, whether it's with the summit, whether it's other podcasts that are out there, especially Umpire Inspired. They just launched their first episode of season two. Check that out because that's a female umpire that we're aware of and we have umpired with um, before, Jen Powell. So definitely check out their podcast. Also, we do post like sales and promotions from officials like warehouses and ump junk, ump attire, some, uh, you know, all, all those that are out there as well. And finally, you know, we do have a email address and also a phone number that's listed on our Facebook page. So you can go on there, please. We want to hear your feedback. We want to know what you guys want to talk about, what you want to hear, or if you would like to be a special guest and just have a conversation with us, we would love to have you on here. We have a few lined up next week, which we're very excited about. So we're going to be going full throttle um, starting next week. Call that number and leave a voicemail and I'll take it off there and make a recording of it and uh, we'll insert it into the show somewhere. Absolutely. Um, I didn't mean to get too long-winded there, Tony. I do apologize about that. But other than that, why don't you take us on out of here? Let us know where they can find us. and Everybody enjoy your day. Yeah, we've been really enjoying doing this, seeing people get involved with it. Trying some new teaser things with there, so share those. It makes it easier to let somebody else know about the podcast. But hit us up on Facebook for sure. Leave us a voicemail. We want to put something on here. Keep listening. Keep growing. From then on out, be excellent. Be excellent.